So do you have a favorite film of his? Chris Columbus? As as a director, of course. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Stepmom really hits me uh, in the in the right spots. I'm a huge Ed Harris fan. You are? Yeah. You're a huge, you're a huge Ed Harris fan. No, I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Ed Harris fan. Actually. You wouldn't say that. I was no. a big fan of his performance in Apollo 13. I thought he was, I thought he really brought it. I like him in, uh, in the Truman show. I haven't seen the Truman show in years. Well, you did only just recently see gremlins. You did say you hadn't seen gremlins. That's right. That is Full a stop. That is a Chris Columbus film, but I never sat, I never sat down and watched the entire thing in one go. Um, I also didn't know until this past week that that was a Chris Columbus script really is sort of an uncelebrated screenwriter. I think in a lot of people's minds. Yeah. Um, have you seen only the lonely? I've seen parts of it. Uh huh. Not great. I got to say, not great. And really hard to come by yeah. for the effort. Um, what do you have, VHS? Uh, yeah, on, on, yeah on, on video home system. Yeah. Video cassette. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen Heartbreak Hotel yet. I haven't seen it yet either. I almost hate to admit that. But, uh, you know, I did see I Love You, Beth Cooper. Yeah. You seen that one? No. Let's just say I'm not the target audience. I'm a big fan of Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh-huh. And I actually mean I am a big fan of Mrs. Doubtfire, not, you know, like not like what I said about Ed Harris earlier. Welcome to The Long Road Home Alone. Hey Jimmy, how you doing? I'm very happy to be here. I'm glad to be here too. Thanks again for having me. Uh, thanks for having me, too. You're welcome. Uh, coming to you live from Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Here we are to talk about Frank McAllister. Uncle Frank. Is this a joke? Uncle Frank, is this a joke? I like that we're talking about Frank McAllister because he's such an interesting character. Um, he's my favorite character in Home Alone, I'd say. Favorite character? Yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to say that about most of the characters, but... This is your opportunity, though, to say it about him. This time around, I'm going to say Uncle Frank's my favorite character. And you're st- you're going to stick to it? Yeah. Tell me more. Jerry Bammon. Jerry Bammon. Character... Character actor? Would you call him a character actor? Not really. I don't think... Uh, he doesn't really play characters. I don't know. I have seen him in other things, and uh, Uncle Frank is definitely not the atypical role for him like that's what he's known for and he plays the comedy of that role he plays that really well he wasn't the secret of my success michael j fox yeah with michael j fox you don't really get a chance to see too much of him in that one uh and then he's in lorenzo's oil which is pretty serious. He plays a doctor. What is that? Lorenzo's Oil. Never mind. I don't want to get into it. He's been in like 75 movies or something like that. Yeah. And he does uh, theater as well. Yeah. Stage theater. Stage theater. Stagecraft. Yeah. I like the character of Uncle Frank in this film, in the uh, the film, which, by the way, is uh, Home Alone, mm-hmm. written by John Hughes, mm-hmm. produced by John Hughes. Directed by Chris Columbus, 1990. Beat out Rocky at the box office. Rocky Five. Rocky Five. And I think yeah. Godfather Three. Ooh, yeah. Two two real strong sequels. Yeah. You know, in their in their respective uh, universes. Mm-hmm. I like Frank. I like Frank because he's 
I'll say I'll say this about Jerry Bammon. It's one of those roles in a film, a beloved character who you can't imagine anyone else playing. And I think that's a real testament to someone's performance in a film uh, is I can't I can't possibly imagine anyone else playing that role. No, me neither. Our intro to him is actually through Kevin uh, at the beginning of the movie. And you can already tell right off the bat that Kevin doesn't like him. Uh, Kevin wants to watch a movie and Uncle Frank won't let him. It's not rated R. He's just being a jerk. And then Kevin's mom says, if Uncle Frank says no, then it it must must be be really bad. bad. And so this is great writing, by the way. We're introducing a character who's really not, I, I, I dare say, not all that pivotal. I think there's an argument for and against, but he's a he's a tertiary character in this film. But he is the character who's being introduced by name before we meet him. And not only by name, but we already know something to expect about this character. So it's really it's it's really uh setting the table i think for uncle frank yeah and then the uh i think the first the first intro you get to him i mean he is in the background like running around the house with everyone else and all the hubbub that's going on Uh, i think the first real intro is hey pizza's here and then he grabs the stack of pizza announce like he announces it to the entire house that pizza is here and then the guy's like well somebody's got to pay for that he's like my brother's house he'll, he'll take, take care of it yeah and then he just walks away with the pizza without paying for it and then he walks in not only not only does he walk away with the pizza but then he goes and introduces it to his family as if he had provided the pizza yeah he right. does he does something similar to that in when he gets to paris too uh, right because he comes yeah. out of the kitchen and he's like look what i found and he's got a plate full of shrimp, shrimp. and i can't remember who rob's wife is Oh man! What was her name? Uh, we'll just ask our producer to to dub that over to make it sound like we knew her okay, name. Okay, because yeah. I used to know her name. Yeah, and I, I, and I don't want people to think that we're that we don't that we're stupid. Yeah, that we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, but that's I, th- I think that's why you know you uh, we are live, but I don't even know what, what I was talking about. Something about shrimp. So Uncle Frank, attention. That's what it is. Yeah, Uncle Frank comes out of the out of the kitchen. Pardon my French, because I don't speak it. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what he's saying when he comes out. He's like got a French accent. The aunt is in the background, just saying, "Frank, those are for later." And he's just ignoring. Like he clearly (laughs) hears her, and and she just gives up at some point. Just like, all right, well, this is who Frank is. So yeah, he likes to take things that other people bought and then present them to the family as if by bringing it to them and not paying for it, he is the one who's beneficent. Is that the right word? Um, benevolent? Beneficent. Can you spell it? No. Can you use it in a sentence? I just did. Oh. So he takes the stack of pizza away from the pizza boy, doesn't pay for it, then brings it into the kitchen and presents it to the family. And then I think the next scene that we see him in, we're in the kitchen and okay, not only did he not pay for it, but then he gives them the price. What is it? Uh, uh, 122.50. Yeah. Pete, Pete McAllister is downstairs now and he says, honey, the, uh, the pizza boy needs 122.50 plus tip. 
And then Catherine O'Hara says, for pizza? And then Frank is just so glad to, 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 to give, oh, that's uh, uh, 12 pizzas times 10, 10, 10 pizzas, pizzas times 12 bucks. bucks. He's so glad to provide that information. And then his wife says, Frank, you have money. Come on. Right. And he's like, traveler's checks. And, and Kate says, forget it, Frank. We have cash with an eye roll with this knowing eye roll. It's like, this is so Frank. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this is this, this is more of this brilliant character building. I think where with so few or just these, these little nuggets yeah. peppered well, throughout, we get the distinct impression that, that this is just old hat. This is just classic quintessential Frank. He's always like this. Yeah. Well, and then immediately after, Kate says, forget it, Frank, we have cash. You can hear Peter in the background saying he probably got the traveler checks that don't even work in France. (laughs) And then and then Frank says, what kind are those? Yeah. I mean, like he hears everyone saying this stuff about him. I mean, like entire conversations are happening about Frank and he's listening and just like, I don't care. Oh, rolls right off his back. He's that that is that is so that is so very much the character of Frank is he is entirely unapologetic about who he is. I, and I do think that's sort of a through line with the McAllisters in general. Hmm. They all have their own personality quirks, and I would say they all seem fairly unapologetic. Yeah. With perhaps the exception of Buzz. Yeah. I think Buzz and Kate both apologize hmm. to Kevin at yeah. some point in the movie, but there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of apology going on in this movie, and, and certainly not from Frank. No. Frank is the oldest of three McAllister brothers. We know that. How do do we know he's the oldest? That's a great question. And uh, when I say I know it, maybe I'm just presuming it. Just assuming. He looks like he's the oldest. He does. I'm just going to come right out here and say it. I think... I think Rob is the youngest. I think Peter is the middle brother. And I think Frank is the oldest. Yeah. I also think that the youngest is sort of the... The globetrotter, the mm-hmm. jet setter, right? He's the one who moved overseas to France. He got himself some culture. Peter, middle brother, sort of uh, presumably successful, stayed the course, mm-hmm. had the bigger family, uh, has the big house, kind of living the American dream, uh, got the suburbs. And then Frank, the oldest brother, I think sometimes this happens with an eldest sibling mm. in a family. I think sometimes sometimes you see this where that sibling is the one that just kind of didn't didn't quite take off, mm. right? Yeah. Who knows what their parents were like? Yeah. He is from Ohio. Where in Ohio do you think they're from? Uh What do you think Frank does for a living? I think he sells insurance. Yeah. I had thought maybe like a history or math teacher for high school wow you think so i think you think you think frank is a teacher maybe oh i could see it he seems like he seems really annoyed by kids definitely yeah and i mean maybe it could be because he has four of his own but i don't know though though you're not sure he even is aware that he has four of his own children that's true do you ever see him interact with any of his own kids it's mostly uh it's mostly uh not not in the not in the whole movie i don't think it's leslie leslie's always sort of like 
corralling the kids. Yeah. Shepherding the kids. Yeah. Frank is just kind of there. He was the I mean, la- he's, just, he's the last one out of the house in the morning. Right. Uh, yeah. He's he's very uninvested. He's he's uninvolved. Mm-hmm. It would it would make a lot of sense because one clearly because he's a freeloader. I mean, I, I he seems to be a freeloader to me. He's really relying on his brothers to provide all the resources for this big fancy extended family overseas vacation. Okay, so that is why I think maybe he's a history teacher because I think when I think of like public school teachers, probably don't get paid all that much. I mean, Pete and Rob are both pretty well off. And so, like, I wonder if the, if he's always a freeloader or if he's just a freeloader around his brothers because he knows they have money. And so that's his vacation is let me just go hang out with my rich brothers and get them to pay for everything and just unapologetically say, no, I'm not going to pay for any part of this. It's kind of an older brother thing to do, too. Right. Even in well into adulthood, sometimes that that there's still that through line there. Hmm. It's like, oh, I'm still going yeah, to. What, what are my what are my little brother's gonna say like they're the ones that got all the dough yeah I, I i'm i'm here for the good time like yeah you pay for it pete yeah you pay for it rob and you can also see on it i mean you see on the plane like he's never been in first class before he's just marveling at everything he asks for champagne the second he steps onto the plane yeah. <laughs> yes and then as soon as they bring it to him he tries to steal the salt shakers because they're made of crystal crystal real crystal yeah yeah real crystal and his first, as if that means anything and then his first impulse is to steal that like where, what is he gonna do is <laughs> He's he's enterprising. I'll give him that, right? He's like if he thinks it's valuable, maybe he thinks he can get something, yeah, you know. Yeah. Maybe he's got a fence back in Ohio that can, you know. Okay. Yeah. So if he's got a fence, I'm thinking Toledo. Sure. Yeah. 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 Also, if he teaches in the public school system in Toledo, yeah. he'd probably be a cranky bastard. Yeah. I don't know. I'd always pictured him either Akron or Columbus. Mm. Columbus would make sense, right? Columbus would make sense if Chris Columbus had written the movie. Yeah. I think him being from Ohio is a dig, is a John Hughes dig at the character of Frank Mm. because John Hughes is from Illinois. Yeah. And we all know that Illinoisans think very little of Ohioans. So that side of the McAllister clan, Frank and Leslie and their four kids, right? There are four kids in both families, right? Uh, Buzz, Liddy... Jeff, Kevin. Kevin. There's one more sister. I don't know her name. That's Linny, isn't it? No, Linny's the blonde one. She's blonde too. She's a no, toe. No, head. she's not. She's got dark hair. Oh, you're right. Have you even seen Home Alone? Dans votre fauteuil, y'a tissé toute la journée votre so what about Frank's influence on the plot, his impact on the story? Mm-hmm. Do you think that Frank matters to the plot? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think most of his influence on the plot is in the beginning. Um, he is one of the first characters introduced by name, not you don't actually see him. But the first scene in the movie is, is basically Kevin going to his mom to complain about how Uncle Frank won't let him do anything. Uh, and the big kids can. So already you're setting up that. 
Kevin feels downtrodden in the family, and Uncle Frank is the main antagonist who's leaving them out. And then you get the other kids, you know, all the brothers and, and sisters all crapping on him for not knowing how to pack a suitcase or wanting to sleep in uh, Buzz's room. But then you get to Frank. I feel like Frank really shines in the pizza scene where all the chaos happens and it basically ends up with Kevin having to go to bed for the night in the attic, which is why he ends up uh, missing. Home alone. Yeah, that's why he ends up home alone. The pizza scene, Uncle Frank gets, I don't know, scary in terms of like if you're a kid and you're... Your uncle says to you, look what you did, you little jerk. You're right. Frank ends the conversation. Mm -hmm. It's chaos. It's pandemonium, right? Buzz is pretending to throw up. Kevin bum rushes him. Knocks knocks over over the Pepsi, glugging onto the table. Mm -hmm. The passports get swept into the the trash. And I guess just Kevin's passport gets swept into the trash. Yeah, I think so. It's all these tiny little pieces of how it worked that Kevin didn't make it onto the plane. Yeah. You really don't have to in a in in a story with a plot that is fairly fantastical, you really it doesn't ask you to suspend your disbelief about Kevin getting left home. No. It does a very good job of that. And I think what you're saying is that Frank helps set the wheels in motion here, right? Because there's all this chaos going on in the kitchen and then Frank gets angry. Mm -hmm. Look what you did, you little jerk. And you can hear a pin drop in the kitchen. Yeah, that whole scene, like you said, it's just chaos. Uh, And then it's the family arguing with, well, basically like all of Kevin's family arguing with him. His brother's like, you're such a disease. And then Kate says, what is the matter with you? And then the whole argument's happening. Kevin's trying to make his case for why it's not all his fault. And it really isn't all his fault. I mean, he's not, he's got a good reason for being upset, but he's just created. He ate all the, he ate all the cheese pizza on purpose. He knows I hate sausage and olives and onions. and And then yeah, everything goes to silence. I also love that all of this is happening and Frank, when he looks up, he seems, when he looks up, he seems completely oblivious to the fact that an argument's been going on. All he seems to focus on is that his pants are just (laughs) splashed with Pepsi. One little detail there that I really love. So the, the shot tilts up from the plate and you'll notice that in one of the plates, there's just a little pizza crust spinning in a pool of Pepsi. (laughs) Like somebody working on the set had to like, just before they started rolling, tap that little piece of pizza so that it was still spinning when they tilted up. That's real dedicated art department, right? That's like, how how long is that crust of pizza gonna spin in a pool of Pepsi? Yeah. Right, so that's really someone who's like, spin the the pizza crust, jump off screen, right? As, uh, so will you still have movement? I feel like if Frank hadn't gotten that mad, maybe Kevin would have just ended up sleeping somewhere else. Right, or this house is so chaotic anyway. This this is really the first moment of silence mm-hmm. that you've heard in the McAllister household. Yeah. It's cuz it's it's just it's just been so, constant din up to this point. So maybe had Frank not interjected so angrily with such finality, mm-hmm. maybe that argument would have just, you know, ballooned into something else and everyone would have gotten distracted again and someone would have started complaining about something else. But 
this really is like all of the attention is suddenly on Kevin and he's forced to go upstairs. Yeah. And then the power goes out. Yeah. So I suppose you're right. So Frank really does in his own way allow for Kevin to be stuck home alone. And then he doesn't care at all. I mean, Kate is on the plane, right? She's racking her brain trying to think of what she's forgotten, right? Like, did I uh, did I close the garage? No. That's it. Horrible. You, you didn't close the garage. That's it. Horrible. Just horrible. And then Frank, with the, with, with the famous line, if it makes you feel any better, I forgot my reading glasses. Yeah. And I think that's so telling of Frank, too, <laughs> where... He, he, he thinks he thinks that's an equivalent. He's like, oh, well, we all forget something. Yeah, right? I, I, I it's, do think it's he... not. He, he, there's there's no there's no ounce of Frank acknowledging that Kate might be worried about her son. He's just like, oh, it's just like points on the scoreboard. Like nobody's perfect. You know, we all you you forgot him. We'll all forgive you sort of thing which is just so he i do feel like he was genuinely trying to be supportive now maybe his motivation is like maybe if i just make her feel better then she'll shut up and i can still enjoy first class right <laughs> right uh, uh but i i don't know i think i think he actually was trying to be supportive and he just reached for the first thing he could and that's and he's just not used to doing this kind of thing for people you know he's not used to people he's needing... trying to be a good brother-in-law here he's trying to relate yeah which is which is fantastic because if he puts himself in Kate's shoes, what is if if they leave Rod mm. at the house, what is what does Frank care? I mean, what do you think Frank cares if Rod gets left at the house? That's real. That's real crystal. It's yeah. real. So, put them in your purse. Do you think Frank has a personality disorder? No. Do you think he's you think he's a narcissist? No, probably not. No. No. Do you think uh do you think Peter has a personality disorder? I don't know. I mean what if it runs in the family? I don't think it does. Why not? I mean, I guess Kevin is pretty, like, well, he's defending his home. I mean, Kevin's a child. Yeah. I guess he's getting a kick out of the slapstick humor the same as the audience is, so that's not really sociopathic. Kevin seems Kevin seems pretty well adjusted to me. Yeah. It, 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 honestly. I mean, he's up against a wall, right? He's got to get, he's about to get robbed by some really scary guys. Mm -hmm. The punishment that they endure at Kevin's hands seems all but justified to me. Yeah. All right. Stand your ground. Um, Kevin, he's a, he's a little cheeky, hmm. but, um, but he actually seems like a, like a, a pretty, pretty mentally fit. Yeah. Um, if you thought Frank had a personality disorder, he seems like the normal type of relative that most kids just wouldn't like. I think that's something maybe a lot of people can relate to. There are those relatives that are just like, oh, we really wish that I didn't have to spend time with that relative. And yeah. I think that's Uncle Frank for probably most of his family. Yeah. I think Fuller likes him and his wife probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting too because it's interesting to imagine that the characters we see 
on screen are some version of that person through a child's eyes. In other words, are we seeing the full Frank or are we seeing maybe Kevin's version? I mean, you do get moments where it's clearly Kevin. And and even when he reflects back on the look what you did, you little jerk, when he's, you know, realizing, oh, my family's gone. And at first he's scared, but then he remembers all of the crappy things that his family said about him. And Uncle Frank's the last one. And none of the... uh, None of the recordings are like the same delivery as it was before. It's much more severe, which is strange. Look what you did, you little jerk. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty intense. It's like nightmarish with Frank. I, I feel like if if I had an uncle who said that to me, I yeah, I'd probably not want to spend any more holidays with him. He's he's ki- he's kind of a chaos agent in yeah. this movie. Uh, not not completely. But kind of, he is a little bit. He's this undercurrent that maybe creates some some dissonance mm. in the McAllister wavelength. Puts everyone else a little bit more on edge than they might otherwise be. Yeah. Maybe annoys somebody to the point that they behave a little bit differently than they might otherwise. And Kevin's journey throughout the film is learning to appreciate his family, even though there are these things about them that he doesn't like. And he even comes to that revelation about Uncle Frank when right. he asks Santa Claus. And if he has time. Yeah. My Uncle Frank. He he wishes to have even his Uncle Frank back when he's talking to Santa Claus. Actually, let me pivot there for a moment because you said he wishes for his Uncle Frank back. I want to point out the fact that he doesn't actually get his Uncle Frank back. Where it, Where is the rest of the family? Where are Frank and Leslie and their kids? Did they stay in Paris? Yeah. Are they presumably still just vacationing with with? I definitely think Frank's mentality in this situation is this is a problem with you and your family. So, you know, like I'm not going to ruin my trip to France. I I can't afford this on my own. And so I'm pretty sure we're supposed to believe that Frank and his family stay in Paris and they just celebrate Christmas there. And then the other McAllister's take the flight back to be together. They still have to come back to... The McAllister's house in Winnetka, though. They do. Because presumably Frank's car is there. Mm-hmm. My Kate says to Joe Pesci, my brother drove in. Yeah, drove in from, from Ohio. Ohio today. My brother-in-law drove in from Ohio today. Yeah. Where's Frank? Where's Frank's car? Uh, I don't know. There's two cars in the garage. Yeah. And we know that because the garage doors are open because they yeah. forgot to close the garage. Obviously, this side of the McAllister family is uh, upper crust, mm-hmm. right? They're not wanting for much. Mm-hmm. They got the two-stall garage. They got two cars in the garage. They've got five kids? Yes. Right? Yeah, five. Family of seven. Plus Heather's living with them. Plus Heather's living with them. I, I got to think that both of the cars in the garage belong to Peter and Kate. Yeah. They can't be a one-car family. So where's where's Frank's car? He's probably parked on the street. Parked on the street. Yeah. Covered in parking tickets. <laughs> what do you think the movie that Frank didn't want Kevin to watch was? Um, Gremlins. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it was Angels with Filthy Souls. Angels with Filthy Souls. Because if so, Kevin is scared by the movie later in the film. So Right. So 
right maybe if uncle frank says no then it must then be it real. must be really bad yeah so he knew kevin couldn't yeah. handle it and then it, it kevin would, proved the point later and it so would make sense too because angels with filthy souls on the back of that video cassette would not be rated r it would be not rated yeah because it's from the 30s yeah i mean the mpaa never got its hands on it in 1989 yeah so so when I mean, when kevin is saying it's not even rated r it's kind of a technicality right yeah, it's yeah. not rated yeah it probably would be rated r i mean he guns down snakes yeah with a tommy gun yeah i mean murders them in cold blood yeah you see it there's there's uh there's like smoke rising from from snakes's chest overall point being i i think maybe uncle frank could be just a responsible adult who knew what his nephew couldn't handle but i'll bet you frank would show angels with filthy souls to his 11th grade history class yeah i bet fuller got to see it too (laughs) (laughs) the long road home alone is broadcast live from sheboygan wisconsin it's hosted by Jimmy Dantes and Joey Z and produced by Pat Muldoon. Until next time, eat junk and listen to rubbish. <laughs>